live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon and welcome on this Thursday, May 26th, the year 2022. What a, what a beautiful day. Chamber of Commerce Day. It's turned out to be here uh, not such the case in Hoover, Alabama, as uh, more rain early this morning has pushed things back. We've got uh, Vanderbilt and Tennessee. I think they're underway, um, I believe, if not, uh, shortly. Uh, that will be followed by Florida versus Texas A&M. And sometime late tonight, I mean late tonight, uh, as we say right here, right now, Looks like LSU will be taking on Kentucky. Um, So we shall see. We shall see. We do know for a fact that uh, the Raging Cajuns in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, as you heard in the two-minute drill, that's a single elimination format now um, in Montgomery, Alabama. And the Cajuns will play tomorrow, Friday, at 4 p.m., against South Alabama. If you remember earlier in the season, late March, uh, the Cajuns won two out of three against South Alabama at the Teague. It was, uh, wasn't easy. They won the first game five to four in 11 innings. They lost the second game six to five. They came back to win the third game and the series six to three. So um, there you go. So we'll figure that one out. We also know that tonight it will be the opening game of the Southland Conference Championship Series between Southeastern and McNeese, and that will get underway at 6 p.m. tonight. We'll have uh, live reports from Hoover. Chessa Boucher will join us. Uh, She's a local television sportscaster for the NBC affiliate in Baton Rouge. She is in Hoover to cover the Tigers. Jim Gazzolo will join us. He is the beat writer for uh, the McNeese Cowboys. Um, And we'll get an update from uh, Miller Ballpark and uh, kind of give a a synopsis of what to expect in in this one. Two teams that are coming in on fire, red hot. So we'll get updates on both of those. Chris Roseverglue will join us in this hour um, with the Saints. A little mini camp working. Uh, Jameis Winston throwing the ball. A lot of players not participating, but at least they are there. So we'll get an update on the uh, voluntary OTA uh, that's taking place on um, Airline Highway today. Uh, Hour number two, I was curious, um, the transition from Ed Orgeron to Brian Kelly. We've talked about how things are with the coaching staff and the accountability and all these things. I'm curious what's happening in other aspects of the uh, facility. And so chef Michael Johnson will join us. Does Brian Kelly, has he changed anything from a dietary standpoint with this uh, 
this football team. He's been on the job for six months. We'll get uh, Chef Michael Johnson's viewpoint of the new head football coach. Ali Cassell will join us. Um, Man, the Boston Celtics just uh, put it to the Miami Heat last night um, in fine fashion. It uh, 93 to 80. It was just kind of a, an ugly game. Miami couldn't throw it in the ocean. It was a 1917 game. Miami led it in the first quarter. They led by five at the intermission. And then all of a sudden, Boston came out and uh, Jason Tatum and um, Jalen Brown kind of started to live up to the billing. And those two took over. They outscored Miami 32 to 16 in the third and went on to win by 13, 93 to 80. So Boston leads the best of seven series, three games to two, as the series will shift on Friday back to Boston. Good luck to the Miami Heat on that one. Um, Boston in control of the series. Golden State will try to final uh, to put the nail in the coffin of the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Golden State up three games to one in that series. So we'll talk to Ali Cassell about that. Then Frank Schwab will join us um, and uh, share his thoughts on, man, quarterbacks here, there, and everywhere. Um, Colin Kaepernick working out with the Vegas Raiders. Um, Coach Shanahan saying he expects um, his quarterback to be traded, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, So we'll go over all things NFL with the Schwab. With the Schwab. We're brought to you um, in part by the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana off of Ambassador Caffrey Parkway in Lafayette, off Bluebonnet Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Hormone replacement therapy. We get a little bit older. We start lacking in certain areas. We're tired. We don't sleep as well. We don't have as much energy. We, um, uh, it's just life is more difficult. Sex drive starts to diminish a little bit. Well, that can all be resolved with a free bit of blood work in which the blood will be analyzed and to see where you are deficient. And then we'll come up with a game plan for you and yours so that you can live your best life. Now, there's no reason if you're 40, why you can't feel like you're 30, 50, you can't feel like you're 40 and so forth and so on. Um, we only have one life to live. Let's live it the best way we can. Let's not lack in any areas. The aesthetic medicine and anti-aging clinic of Louisiana will make sure that uh, that is taken care of. Absolutely. Um, The Astros, you have a chance to see them in person. Yes, you do. And if you do, well, listen up. Here's how you go about it. Uh, The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Chicago White Sox Saturday, June 18th. You can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. So, um, a busy day planned for you and yours. We will uh, preview a lot of baseball. 
We'll talk NBA playoffs. We'll talk Saints. Uh, we'll talk NFL. I think we got you covered from coast to coast. And it's nice to see that orb up in the sky drying us up, uh, providing us some energy with the sun. It's it's awesome. It is awesome. I love it. We're one day away from, I feel the need, the need for speed. Top Gun, Maverick, coming to your theaters, coming to your screen. Cannot wait. Uh, like I said, I'm going to let the everybody rush to it. I'm going to give it a few days and then bingo. We are in like Flynn. Cannot wait to see it. All right, uh, 11 minutes after the hour, my main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also at 1041 Lake Charles. We are um, streaming 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And in the Acadiana area, we are also simulcast 32.3 stadium and 133 on LUS fiber. So a myriad of ways for you to find us. We're thankful that you have today and as many days as you can, we greatly appreciate it. So we'll take our first time out. When we come back, we'll head to the Hoover Met and we'll get the latest update on when the Tigers are going to play. We know who they're going to play, the Kentucky Wildcats. We're not exactly sure when they're going to play, but we'll get the lowdown next here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your Just let it shine through. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back on this uh, Thursday, May 26th. We know LSU will play Kentucky. Kentucky eliminated um, Auburn yesterday, 3-1. to one. We just don't know exactly when LSU is going to play. They're still in a rain delay, and... Uh, um, so let's go out to the Hoover Met and let's talk to uh, Chessa Boucher, who does a tremendous job on television for BR Proud, the uh, NBC Local 33 and Fox 44 in Baton Rouge. Uh, Chessa, thanks. So it's been too long and I apologize for that. Uh, but thank you for your time. I guess the question is, are, do you have a hammer and nails? Are y'all helping to build the ark there in uh, in Hoover? Basically, I mean, my arm is tired from banging the nails to try to get something built here because I came to Hoover for baseball and I literally have only seen maybe one game so far this week. And it's just a bummer. The rain, Mother Nature is just not working with us. It always rains in Hoover, but it doesn't typically rain the start to kind of push back the tournament like it has. And again, tonight LSU is supposed to play uh, still in a weather delay. There's supposed to be three games today on the slate, LSU being the third one of the day. And I feel like it's going to be a very, 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 very late night for me. Is there a cutoff time? Okay, so Vanderbilt, Tennessee has to get underway. They still haven't started. Then you got to get Florida, Texas A&M, 
What if it's 10 o'clock? Do they say, go play? Is there a cutoff time or not? They're, they haven't said anything to us in that regard, so I okay. couldn't tell you, you know, if they're going to say, you know, yeah, it's too late, we'll start over. But if it keeps going the way it does, definitely from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I wouldn't be surprised if they double up games just to get them all in. You're going to have to. So, yeah. But they have you, been known here in, Ho- here in Hoover to start late. So I don't know. Okay. I was surprised last night when they called the game um, – for the Tennessee Bandy game to be played this morning. And so it was one of those things of you're just kind of in limbo and they're not really telling us we'll get emails here and there. But, yeah, they're kind of being tight-lipped about it all. And it just – it sucks. We're just sitting here waiting for the weather to, you know, calm down. (laughs) LSU, Kentucky, (laughs) whenever it starts, um, you're there to cover LSU. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I was kind of hoping Auburn would win because Auburn's RPI is a little bit better. So does I guess it doesn't matter. You just got to win games, right? LSU's got to win games. They win a couple of games. I think they they can lock up a host bid come Monday, in my humble opinion. What do you think? So I agree 100% with that. A lot of people say that, you know, it's typically you win 17 games in the SEC and you finish the top four in the league, and you're automatically, you know, a host for a regional. I think because of kind of how LSU backtracked, getting swept by Ole Miss in Baton Rouge, really kind of put a damper on them. Then they're back against the wall. They go to Nashville, you know, make history there, sweeping Bandy for the first time ever in the Music City. And I think it's made a push. But like you said, you got to make some noise here in Hoover. And I just, um, I. To be honest, I, I agree with you with the RPI. It would have been better for them to face Auburn. But I don't know. This Kentucky team, they've been a, a dark yeah. horse coming into the tournament. They weren't even you know, supposed to make it to the tournament. But because they won the series over Auburn, they get in. And they've kind of been riding a hot streak. So I think it should be interesting if the game does ever you know, happen, uh, if it <laughs> happens tonight or if it somehow gets pushed back to tomorrow. But, yeah, I think – LSU definitely needs to win at least one or two here in Hoover to definitely lock in a host. I'm with you. Chester Boucher, kind enough to join us. Uh, you're there. What What has LSU been doing? I mean, you get to, they're anticipating playing. Uh, they got to wait at the hotel. So what, what, what have they been doing all this time? Yeah, so we got to see the players yesterday. They went and took um, BP at Sanford University here in Alabama, and um, it was kind of a mixed bag. Like, obviously, LSU likes that they get a few extra days of rest because they need it with all of the injuries. It does nothing but, you know, help this team, especially now knowing you have all these arms that are ready to go because you have a full week of rest. Jay even said, you know, this whole season we've never had just three days of rest to prepare for a game. So that's a positive. I think the negative, like you said, they're just kind of waiting around, and I think that can either be a positive or a negative because when you're just waiting around, you're getting antsy, you're ready to play. You know, if they do run out there on the field, are they going to be so antsy and so, you know, wired to play? Is it going to be kind of a disaster, or is it going to be kind of a sluggish start because they haven't really played? Like I said, they have gotten BP and done some fielding drills, and they even had to field some ground balls on the turf field at Sanford their football okay. stadium because the weather had 
you know, um, affected the field for their baseball field. So they've been getting in some work. We talked to a few of the guys. Devin Fontenot said that they've been to the mall, which I didn't really know that people still go to the mall as often. You know, the mall back in the day was the place to be. Nowadays, the mall is not really the place to go. So it was funny to hear them say that they were at the mall. But all the guys said basically all they've done has been eating and just kind of resting. So, I mean, hey, it's good for them. Uh, Hopefully it just doesn't, you know, kind of backfire because they have had too much time off. Yeah, the good thing, I guess, if you play baseball in college, that means you've played baseball all your life and you've gone through these things a time or two. Uh, Mother Nature always wins. So uh, we'll see. You're you're right about Kentucky. Um, They've won five of their last six. They won three of four against Auburn. Like you said, remember, Auburn beat LSU two out of three. Uh, Kentucky also took two games from Tennessee back in Lexington, earlier in the month of may so that's a 12 seed that man you can't overlook oh a hundred percent but the good news that they they threw their ace in game one against auburn so that makes me feel a little bit better okay his name is tyler i don't i think it's yoful um yes so that's that's a positive we won't have to face their ace but you know they're just kind of riding this high and as we've seen in hoover time and time out it doesn't matter if you're the best team. It's all about getting hot at the right time. And they seem to be getting hot. But let's be honest, LSU, we didn't expect them to go to Nashville and do what they did. And no, kind of put all no. the pieces together offensively, defensively, and with this pitching staff. So I think it's going to be a great matchup. I'm excited to see kind of what happens. And hopefully with the weather calming down today, maybe we'll uh, you know get this game three in. This tonight, I would yeah. say this afternoon, but it's already the afternoon. So let's say tonight. <laughs> yeah, LSU always travels well. Is there a good contingent of LSU fans in Hoover again? Oh, absolutely. There's purple and gold all over. I got in on Tuesday and I went and did some stuff at at the Met and to see the purple and gold, knowing that LSU wasn't even going to play until Wednesday, and knowing that potentially it would be pushed back. You already saw fans. I was doing some live shots for my station and I had a, uh, a daughter and, and her father offer me some jambalaya. So of course I already had some jambalaya before and it just LSU always travels well and they always show out. And I've seen purple and gold at the games. And like I said, LSU hasn't even played yet. So it's great to see uh, tiger fans taking over. And I know more fans, have gotten into town here today. So you'll see purple and gold all this weekend. Yeah. We'll, we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, but tentatively it's set for around eight 30, maybe nine o'clock tonight, maybe even a little bit later. And then depending upon if LSU wins or LSU loses, I thought by now, to be honest with you, that the sec uh, would say, okay, look, this is going to be a single elimination tournament and we're just going to play and get this thing over with. But, to yet to this point in time that is not the case so so we uh, uh we shall say I'm, I'm curious um you got to cover the most access- accessible uh coach ever in pulmonary how's it been covering jay johnson and this ball club it has been a stark difference um i'll be completely honest paul as we all know was very vocal very honest and yeah. Didn't really. Um, he always put his cards out on the table. 
Then you get Jay Johnson, West Coast guy from the Pac-12, and he, I think, did not anticipate the media coverage, did not anticipate just the enormity of this job yeah. and kind of you're under the microscope. And I think right. throughout this season we've seen the difference between both head coaches. Palmineri was notorious for leaving pitchers in maybe one pitch or one inning too long. And Jay Johnson is not scared to pull the trigger and he'll get the guys out real quick. So I think <laughs> you've just kind of seen a combination of two totally different styles. Palmineri more old school Jay Johnson you know, more West Coast, so it's been interesting. Jay, uh, I think is, he's warmed up to the media a little bit more. Um, he kind of jokes with us and always is like, man, we do media like every day. And so when we yes. showed up to Sanford to get, you know, practice and to get some sound, he was like, it's good to see y'all. Thank y'all for coming here. And I was like, are, are you really excited that we're here? And he's like, well, you know, we've gotten a break since Nashville. So, yeah. So, you know, he's <laughs> starting to be playful and a little bit more um, engaging the whole thing with the – I get that he doesn't want to name his starters. Palmineri was notorious for saying, hey, this is who's going to run out there on the mound. So you just kind of get a taste of how each coach is. And I think the further on in Jay's career here at LSU, I think it'll be – he'll transition a little bit more. But I just think this first season has kind of been a, a shock to him and everything that comes with it. Well, you're so nice. How can he not be nice to you? And you, you're right about pulling the trigger. <laughs> I, I've never seen a coach pull the trigger on a starting pitcher after one at bat, but he pulled him, put somebody yep. else I've never seen nor heard of that ever. So, um, all right, get your energy drinks. Um, and as you say, <laughs> the view from five two ain't too bad. So uh, enjoy your time there. Thank finally, you. finally, we'll play some baseball. Fingers crossed. And then we'll see what yeah. happens from here. So I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you. And you do a terrific job on television. So keep it up. Thank you so much. You got it. That's Chessa Boucher. Uh, BR Proud in uh, Hoover, Alabama. And uh, we're still waiting for uh, Tennessee to uh, begin their game. So we'll see. Just stay tuned. We'll have the LSU game on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles whenever it starts whenever it comes on we'll include the pregame show and all that stuff so just keep it locked in here where you are right here right now and uh you'll get it all right we'll take a quick time out here uh when we return we'll get uh, the very latest from lake charles as the southland conference is down to two teams uh, the best two out of three survives and gets into the NCAA tournament. But first, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Richard Seafood Patio has some of the best boiled crawfish, but also serves up boiled shrimp, boiled crabs, fried and grilled seafood, poor boys, and a seafood buffet. So go sign up for the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio. When I'm off, he sits in my chair. Jim Guzzolo will join us in just a minute as he uh, follows the Cowboys. We'll have a preview after this timeout. The Jordy Helfert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, the Southland Conference best baseball rivalry gets underway tonight, and the NCAA Regionals is on the line. Um, those that listen to uh, the game, very familiar with uh, the guy that covers McNeese for the American press, Jim Gazzalos, kind enough to join us on game day. Jim, first, thanks for when I take some days off. Thanks for filling in, man. I greatly appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing good. Great to be out with the Blonde Bomber. Yeah, well, um, so what is it about these two? I mean, this isn't like LSU versus UL, is it? But it's kind of close, right? I mean, there's a lot on the Uh, line, and these two teams aren't the the friendliest in nature. No, this is personal. Um, A lot of it stems from the fact that uh, McNeese was awarded uh, conference tournaments for four years plus. Uh, to stay in the league, Southeastern thought they were the top dog. Okay. So there's that. Um, Southeastern thought it was the best baseball program. McNeese won on their field last year in the tournament. Um, McNeese swept them earlier this year. Right. They were one and two in the preseason. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> kids know each other. The starter tonight from uh, for Southeastern is a freshman from Lake Charles that went to Barb High School. So uh, it's personal. I love it, don't you? I mean, that's that's the way it ought yeah, to be. Yeah, this is, I, this is, this is fun. Um, I've, I wrote today that the, the bat flips will be a little higher and the tempers will be a little shorter. Um, you know, yesterday, Southeastern put on their board as they were working out uh, the word vengeance and listed the days of this series on their scoreboard. So it's hmm. uh, it, it's out there. Hmm. Um. Cowboys, uh, I think, have won seven straight. Uh, they won the the conference title by a game. As you mentioned, they swept the Lions in Lake Charles about six weeks ago. But um, uh, a couple of walk-off homers, a grand slam, yeah. um, those were apparently some pretty darn close, highly competitive games. Uh, highly competitive, yeah. Both, the one was a grand slam, uh, two outs in the bottom of the ninth uh, the next night. It was a solo home run in the bottom of the ninth instead of going to extra innings. The third game was tied through six. Uh, there was not much separation. Clearly, the probably two best all-around teams in the in the conference um, and kind of eyeballed each other all year, if you want the truth, because mm-hmm. they were one-two in the preseasons. They've had the most recent success, and as the Texas teams left last year, they were really the two best standing. So it's and, – and, again, I, like I said, the, 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 lead, the fan base in Southeastern really was upset. So were some of the coaches that McNeese was getting all these conference tournaments in order right. to stay in the league. Right. Huh. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, these are the two top home run hitting teams in the conference. Uh, Southeastern with 67, McNeese with 56. Uh, Joe Miller ballpark. Is the ball going to be flying out this, uh, Thursday? Uh, I mean, Friday, tonight, Friday and Saturday. 
Uh, definitely tonight, because as, as I look out my window, the wind is blowing in that direction. Ballpark plays two completely different ways. Okay. When it when it's winds blowing in, it's usually colder. You look at two, three runs a game. Uh, you try to these tries to steal runs, hit run. When the wind's blowing out, uh, like it will be, you generally see the scores a lot higher. You really see it play completely differently, especially if it's blowing straight out to left, which it is. Uh, and it, come, it comes thing. pretty hard off the Gulf. Yeah, uh, Southeastern fans are kind of aggravated that uh, their guy, uh, Preston Faulkner, who leads the conference in homers with 17, was not voted the Southland Conference Player of the Year. Instead, Peyton Harden from McNeese got that. So, I mean, the storylines go on and on and on and on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like I said, the kid tonight is a freshman uh, uh-huh. whose final two choices came down to staying at home at Barb or going to Southeastern, and he went to Southeastern. He wanted to get away from home. So it's hmm. <laughs> they know each other well after last year. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, Jim Gazzolo, kind enough to join us. Uh, how much? How many people does that uh, ballpark hold? Uh, it'll hold maybe two thousand with the with the burn areas and that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this draws. It's the first one ever. Uh, a conference championship after after two brackets. Uh-huh. A lot of mid-majors around the country are looking at it and seeing how it does uh, because they believe that it gives their teams a more balanced effort going into a regional because they're not going to wipe out the arms like you do if you have to play an 18th tournament and you go all the way through. Um, so I, there are some other conferences looking at this and talking about it. I like It'll be it. interesting to see how it goes forward. Yeah, I, I really like the format. I think it's I think it's smart. I think it's creative. I think it's added a buzz to this thing. Um, I, I don't think there'll be a seat or an area in the burn available. Now, the weather's turned out great. Uh, there's no excuse not to uh, for this thing. So um, what was it like a year ago when uh, Alumni Field in Hammond turned into Joe Miller Ballpark with the with the uh, McNeese winning their second consecutive Southland Conference tournament. Yeah, well, they've won 11 games in a row, which is even stranger, That's dating crazy. back to 2019. Of course, there wasn't a tournament in 2020. It was it was strange because Southeastern, they beat Southeastern twice earlier. And it was almost as if Southeastern had run out of arms, so they just really pounded them the last day. Um, but it got very quiet, and then all of a sudden – a sea of blue kind of drifted towards the field in the last inning or so, and then just took it over. And they really felt like they were, of course, they were a darling last year for everybody to talk about because of the hurricanes and what they had gone through. Right. Uh, right. This is a completely different team. Doesn't have that feel good story like that this year, but it was more like, I want to, I want to say they were kind of the people's choice. If you weren't from Southeastern because of what they had gone through, that's kind of Mm -hmm. gone now, especially since, uh, they ramrodded their way to getting the conference tournaments for basketball and baseball yep. and softball for four years. <laughs> so yeah. that flipped, Smart on their part, flipped right? really Smart. quick. Really? Um, Great job on uh, their one, part, la- one last thing, Jim, and I'll let you get out of here. I know you're busy. Um, uh, the late, great Tony Roba show kind of built that program from yes. the ground floor up, and he's had a huge shadow over – uh, the McNeese baseball program, but now Justin Hill in nine seasons 
Um, he's taken over as the all-time winningest coach. Is he getting the credit that he deserves? Uh, I don't. I don't think he has yet. I think that will come. I think there's a lot of the legend of Coach Robichaux yeah. uh, still lingers, mainly because he did everything in the program. Justin Hill is more of a CEO type. He, he's more of more of the director of operations kind of guy. He's not the guy that, that had to do everything because the, the program is built up now. Robichaux, mm-hmm. the great story about Robichaux is they had to raise money to get the uh, lighting for the park. He yeah. ended up selling the lights, the light poles. When he sold all of them, he ended up selling them a second time and then a third time to keep raising revenue. So he wow. had, he really started from the grassroots. Um, mm. In time, Hill will get it, but uh, not right now. I got you. Jim, I can't thank you enough, man. Go enjoy every minute uh, of uh, of this series. It ought to be fun. As you said, the bats will be flipped a little bit higher. The looks in the dugouts will be a little bit longer. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Greatly appreciate it, man. Yeah, Go, go have fun with All it. Right. All right, buddy. All right, Jim Gazzolo of the, uh, uh, the American Press right there in Lake Charles covering the McNeese Cowboys. Again, 6 o'clock tonight, Southeastern and McNeese, the first of uh, – um, what might be a two-game series might be a three-game series. Who knows? But the winner will have their name called on Monday going to the NCAA tournament. We'll take a quick time out here. Uh, when we come back, we'll get the very latest from Saints and their voluntary OTAs. Who's there? Who's not there? Who's practicing? Who's not practicing? Jim Roseverglue will join us. But first... Today really should be the day that you sign up for the Game Clubhouse. Not only is it free to join, but you'll get the chance to enter to win tremendous free gifts, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. Mouth-watering steaks cooked to perfection, tremendous sides, and so much more. But you can only score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. This is the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, brought to you by the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinics of Louisiana. Become the best you you possibly can. Hormone replacement therapy, HRT, is the answer. Look it up. Find out. Free to get a blood work handled, and uh, you'll be in control of everything. We'll be right back. Jordy Holberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? Can you wash your hair? You know, I work on my hair a long time and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holberg and the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We got 47 minutes after the hour. The Saints having some voluntary OTAs again. Who's there? Who's not? How's Jameis looking? And all that information. We go to the source, Chris Roseverglue, um, Saints podcaster for Boot Crew Media and uh, various and sundry things, all involved with the Saints. Chris, man, thanks for the last minute uh, jumping on board with us. I greatly appreciate it. So uh, fill me in. What's been seen? What's the word from. airline highway and the saints today what's going on jordy i'll be always glad to uh talk saints football with you and yeah so i mean the main focus right now uh there's a couple of things for starters everyone's pretty impressed that Jameis winston less than seven months removed from acl surgery is already out there he's getting some throws in. he's been pretty much 
a limited participant for the last two days, but the fact that he is getting working with guys like Chris Olave, who looks pretty good today, that, that's an encouraging sign. The other thing that people are kind of talking about is, you know, Michael Thomas not practicing yet. That was a little bit of a conversation piece for people today, but he's not the only one not out there. There's a bunch of names that aren't ready to practice yet, like Adam Troutman, Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turner. So the full list and, and roster for the Saints isn't available right now, uh, but it seems like a lot of the focus is on Jameis Winston, Tyler Matthews getting some work in, and Tyler Matthew a couple of short moments ago was talking about you know younger players like Alante Taylor and what he's seen out of them so far. So it really truly feels like what we kind of expected, a little bit of a, a, a short ramp-up period for the Saints to get out there, uh, you know, get under their first-year head coach, and, and really learn the system a little bit better. So right now it's just a learning process for this team. Okay, so Michael Thomas is there but not ready. What's what? What are they saying is the latest on his injury? Is he going to be ready for training camp? Uh, what what do they anticipate? So Dennis Allen was asked about it today, and his response was quite interesting. I mean, he he, he did say that Mike's making progress, and he's still kind of you know getting himself into better shape, and. He said he's anxious to see him out there, but he didn't really put an exact timeline. And when he was asked if Michael Thomas would be ready for training camp, he said, that's certainly our plan. So I think the Saints are just at this point hopeful that he'll be ready for late July, but they're not ready to kind of just stamp a a definite date on it, which I guess for some people might leave them concerned. But Mike still has two months to get ready, and I think it's a little bit too early to start panicking about whether or not he'll be ready. But don't expect any type of, you know, videos of Michael Thomas out there running routes and catching passes from Jameis Winston anytime soon because it still thinks it still seems like he's got to get that ankle right. Okay. Um, how did the honey badger look out there? I mean, he, he looked pretty sharp, and I, I think the, the most impressive part about the honey badger, and, and I think this is also something that Dennis Allen preached and, it, and it's worth mentioning, is these are voluntary workouts, and for a guy of his caliber and a guy – at this stage in his career where he is considered a veteran and he is 29 and he's getting older, for him to be out there with the younger guys like Gardner Johnson, like Alante Taylor, and getting that work in, uh, I think it A, speaks to the type of leader he is, and then B, it also shows how eager he is to get out there uh, and start representing the black and gold. So he looks pretty fluid with his movements. You haven't seen any kind of drop-off, whether it's his athleticism or his overall shape. He looks ready to play football today, so... Uh, I think Saints fans have to be encouraged about that, and I, and I think it's not just about the type of player they're getting on the field. It seems like he's coming into this Saints organization ready to kind of assume a leader a leadership role, and, and I think that's really encouraging. Yeah, um, even though Matthew is new to the team, he's he's the most veteran player in that uh, secondary, um, in that meeting room, so he's going to demand some cachet whether – um, whether he wants to or not, that's just the way it works in that league. And uh, um, I can't imagine what Taylor, the, the rookie from Tennessee, is feeling when he walks into that defensive secondary meeting room and he sees those people. Uh, that's got to be eye-opening. It, it absolutely is. And, and funny enough, Alante Taylor yesterday uh, on Twitter actually opened up about it and he was saying how you know, I think the word he used to describe it, it was legendary going into that that uh, that room and, and, and being surrounded by greatness. He was talking about with the defensive backs. And, you know, it's not even just, just the honey badger. I mean, you look around the room, guys like Lattimore, guys like Paulson Adebo, guys like Marcus May, P.J. Williams, just talent everywhere. Um, and, and to your point about Tyron Matthew, when you walk in that room and he kind of commands the leadership and respect, 
it's not even for a rookie like Alante Taylor. I mean, Gardner Johnson a couple days ago was tweeting how he was getting ready for his first practice with the Honey Badger. And this is a guy who's now been in the league for a couple of years, and he is definitely an established player in his own right. So when players like that are excited, I can only imagine what the rookie's thinking when he walks in that room. Well, um, Chris Rosenglue, kind enough to join us here. Just a few more minutes, and we'll let you get out of here. But um, um, look, it's all about what Jameis Winston does and how he plays. I mean, everything else is is there for this club to succeed. The defense, I think, has gotten on paper better than they were a year ago. They've certainly provided weapons offensively, and this is all tantamount to. Uh, Michael Thomas being healthy, Chris Olave being the guy that they think he's going to be, and um, you know Jarvis Landry fitting in like a glove, uh, and Alvin Kamara was, you know, it was Kamara wasn't around, was he? So, to my knowledge, I haven't seen anything out there with him working. Um, you know, right. th- there's been a lot of talk really about the receivers for the majority right now, uh, uh-huh. so. He might. He, he wasn't on the practice field. Whether or not he was in the building, it, it was you know TBD on that part. But he was not right. practicing. All right, I got you. Uh, but everything's about Jameis, and that's got to be a positive that he's out there and and doing some limited things. Like you said, he's got a couple of months to get geared up and ready to go as well. Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I think that's the the thing that makes it exciting because I remember. Um, you know, earlier this year for the NFL's annual league meeting when people are asking Dennis Allen about Jameis Winston and whatnot, and he's talking about, you know, the hope is that he's ready for training camp. Well, I think at this point there's no more, you know, we hope he's ready for training camp. He, he will be ready for training camp. I mean, the, the fact that he's already out there right now, and to your point, Jordy, he's got two more months to make sure that, Neil, that knee feels a little bit more stable and he's more comfortable with it, I think that's an encouraging sign. And I'm not surprised in the slightest. I, I think one thing regardless of how people feel about Jameis Winston and whether or not he'll end up being the guy of the future, he's got such a great work ethic, and we've seen it time and time again over the last couple of years. So I'm not surprised that he's out there working. It seems like he's super eager to, to get out there and, and get some chemistry going with Chris Olave. And, and, you know, there already is a video circulating on Twitter that people are kind of losing their minds over with a, a deep pass from Winston Olave, and hopefully that's a sign of things to come hmm. this year. But uh, it, it's just exciting, and, and to your point, so much is going to be on his shoulders, and how does he play, and, and can he elevate his game? But if he elevates his game, can he also elevate the team's game? And I think for Jameis, it seems like he's ready for that challenge. Obviously, time will tell the story if that's the case, but I think there's no quitting that guy, which is something you want to see. Uh, players love him, and what I love about the Saints is their best players are team-oriented guys. It's not about me, me, me. It's about we uh, I love the locker room. I I, I kind of like people sleeping on the Saints. I really, really do. Nobody's given them much, um, you know, as far as being one of those teams in the mix for some postseason um, antics. But I kind of like being the underdog with this team. I think they're going to shock some people. I really do. If if they stay healthy and if Kamara's not out too long. Yeah, I think that's totally fair, and, and I'm sure they actually like the underdog card as well. We've seen over the last couple of years, they kind of play their best when, when the chips are down and everyone's counting them out. And I, and I think for the Saints, to your point, Jordy, I've seen so many analysts who I love and respect um, that will they'll talk about the NFC picture and which teams impress them on paper. And I've noticed that the Saints are left out of that group, and it surprises me because the same people who lead the Saints out of that group, they'll talk about the Eagles or they'll talk about the Cardinals or the Cowboys as 
potential yeah. sleepers in the NFC. And, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, I, I don't necessarily know if they're better than the Saints. You know, I don't know what is so much more impressive about their roster than New Orleans. So I do think they're a little bit slept on right now, but I, I think that's no problem because the, the reality is if they are able to play with the, the tenacity that I think Dennis Allen wants his squad to play with, I think they will be a force to be reckoned with. But, again, it comes down to health. It comes down to quarterback yep. play. And yep. It also comes yep. down to whether or not the defense can sustain the success they had last year. But when you look at the roster they have, it's kind of hard to imagine they won't be able to come close to what they did defensively last year. Chris, thank you so much. Have a great uh, rest of the week. Looks like the weather's going to be great. Happy Memorial Day to you. Thank you so much. You're the best. Re- really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me, Jordy. Have a great Memorial right, Day Chris weekend. Chris Rose with Boot Crew Media. Getting it done. The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. You become a member of the Wars Club. You can win prizes like a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House. Half Shell Oyster House, $50 gift certificate if you join the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Hour number one's in the books. A busy hour number two straight ahead here on the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby! We're going to be here all day! Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party! Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. And it's hour two of two, and away we go on this Thursday, May 26th, the year 2022. They're finally playing baseball in... uh, uh, Hoover at the SEC baseball tournament. Um, Florida and Texas A&M are underway, scoreless after one. So it's three o'clock. These games normally take about three hours, so that'll be six o'clock. Then you gotta, you know, change the logos on the field, and you know, do the, the grounds crew has to do their stuff, and then they're gonna have Vandy versus Tennessee. So that's gonna roughly be what? I don't know. Three uh, six o'clock, maybe, maybe six thirty. Then you play that game. That's three hours. It's nine thirty. Do the LSU Kentucky won't start till after ten o'clock. In theory, in theory. So we will see. We will see. The bad thing for LSU is they're not at home because if they're at home, they get fed like kings. And I was curious. Um, on that note, as we head into a Memorial Day weekend holiday. Um, the transition from Ed Ogeron to Brian Kelly. Um, and he's raved about the Nutrition Center. And the Nutrition Center is run by the executive chef of LSU Athletics, and that's Chef Michael Johnson. And I wanted to get Michael's viewpoint on things from then to things now. So, Chef Michael Johnson, kind enough to join us. Chef, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Good afternoon, brother. I'm very well, thank you. Good. All right. Well, with that note being said, um, has there been any adjustments? You've you've sat down, I'm sure, and have talked to Brian Kelly. What are your impressions and what uh, has he brought to the table, so to speak? Yeah, well, uh, 
Coach is a no-nonsense guy. He knows what he wants. Um, super supportive of what we're trying to accomplish here. He's brought in some extremely talented staff, and in particular with the nutrition side of things, and Dr. Matt Frakes and his supportive role in the uh, strength and conditioning team. There's a cohesive nature there that um, is similar to the past, but um, you know, it, there's it, the energy is different. And I got to tell you, like I really love this new uh, this new um, coaching staff. You, you, you guys know I was a huge Coach O fan. I fed Coach yep. O twice a day religiously and had a, a yep. very tight relationship with him. Love the man. Um, but things happen and things change. And so, you know, to compare the two, it's an apple and an orange. They're diff- different people, different personalities, different philosophies. And so we just adapt, you know. Um, okay. With, with, the new, with, the new, with the new dietitians, you know, it comes new, new philosophies. And a lot of the conversations about fats, sugars, stuff like that come into play. But there's deeper conversation about recovery and what foods are good for recovery, you know. And and th- there's a deeper dive in there, you know. Doctor Frakes is is uh, his his background comes in recovery and and, okay. uh, and specific to injuries. And so um, nutrition has a has a foundation in that. And so it's really interesting to learn from him, you know, what particular kinds of foods. He's a wealth of information, right? And so as a performance yeah. chef, you know, I'm learning from him on a day-to-day basis, and we teach each other things uh, constantly, and he's got some energy, man. I love working with him because, you know, he doesn't take no for an answer. He's a go-getter, you know, and so uh, we're all moving in the same direction, and it feels really good. That's terrific. I never thought about foods and recovery, but it just makes so much sense, and that's got to be fun for you because – the day we and whatever job we are in and whatever we, the day we stop learning and creating new things and being energized, but it might as well just put us under the ground. I couldn't agree more. You know, I'm 46 years old. I've been a chef since I was I've been working in kitchens since I was 14. So, you know, 30 some years. And, yeah. and every day I come to work, I, I look for something new to learn and or something something to teach. You know, that's the beauty of being a chef is that it's it's different on a day-to-day basis. I have a desk, and I, and I don't use it <laughs> very much. You know, I like to stay in the kitchen with right. my team and, and, and uh, uh, inspire them and teach them new things and, and uh, direct them. And, you know, they're really the ones that cook the food. I just help them make better decisions. And that's part of the teaching process of a chef is I don't want to cook for them. I want to teach them, you know, how to cook. And so... Yeah. I'm I'm blessed to have a solid team. I'm blessed to be where I am working for LSU Athletics. And uh, the energy here is incredible from the new coaches, you know, whether it be basketball or women's basketball or baseball yeah. or football or even men's basketball. You know, it's there's a there's a a shift, a paradigm shift, if you will. Yes. And a lot of these new coaches and, you know, like I see some of the basketball guys come in. The, uh, Coach McMahon has been really driving recruiting heavy and has built him a team and they're all coming in and eating together, which I think is fantastic. You know, yeah. like to see a team come in and eat with each other from the ground up. I think that that's something that's super important. And I love seeing it. So I'm with um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that folds out. I'm very curious, Chef Michael Johnson, whether she said Brian Kelly's a no-nonsense guy. Have you noticed a change in the attitude and the demeanor of the players since he has been in charge six, for six months now? Um, you know, Coach Kelly is really big on accountability. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if, if they're late or if they're not showing up, they have accountability points and, and, you know, they have to, they have to answer for that. So 
I think okay. it's something that's important in life. It's a life lesson. These are sure. college-age kids that are, you know, 18 to 25 years old. This is the time of life where you are learning about accountability. And so, you know, he's, I think he's a teacher in that nature and, and, and giving them the tools to succeed in the future. You know, I, I think that you can look into the NFL and, and, and find easy representations of guys that haven't been accountable and are making bad mistakes in the NFL and doing things that no doubt. are make you head scratch, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. I, 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 li- I like that he has character in these guys. Uh, does he have a go-to? Uh, have you fixed him something? Is he is he going for the etouffee and the gumbo stuff, or is he what, what's what's Kelly like? What's he want? Yeah, um, he, he's a light eater during the day. He's a really healthy eater. Um, he's open to food. He's a foodie. You know, like he really enjoys food. Um, I fed him a couple of meals and and important meals, and have had had the had the experience of fe- feeding him some new foods and steelhead trout and and some. Uh, some um, bluefin tuna that was sustainably nice. caught. I need to put that out there. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. So you know, in new experiences with him, for me to to in, enjoy that with him, you know, it's it's creating a bond, right? And so, um, yeah. Outside of it just being nutrition related, it's food related, and I think food brings people together. You know, as a, as a general as a general um, feeling, and so you know, in order for us to build our relationship, you know, it's those are important moments for us to have and build trust with one another, so that we know. What each other expects from one another, you know. So, um, yeah, it's 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 exciting. Food is such an important part of living, uh, and such a part important part of our lifestyle. So they, he's yeah. uh, he's come to the right place with the right guy. So uh, we got Memorial Day coming up. So what's Chef Michael Johnson's go to dish when it comes to Memorial Day? It's got to be on the grill, I'm sure. But what do you what do you recommend me doing? Yeah, you know we've got a we've got a, a barbecue pit out the back door that um, th- this is when we go outside and turn that thing into a smoker and and fire it up and even with the heat it's it's cool enough outside right now that we'll still get out yeah. on the smoker and pork ribs and stuff like that you know it's a holiday and and we're not necessarily training heavy that day um, so it's more of a celebratory day for us and so we'll we'll throw some more familiar foods out there and and barbecue and stuff and like you know. I could make barbecue brisket every day of the week, and these these nice. these guys would eat it. Like they they really love Absolutely. our barbecue brisket, um, but it's not necessarily the the healthiest thing <laughs> that we serve. Uh, but <laughs> well, you know, it is gotta have quality. a cheat day, yeah. right? Gotta have a That's cheat right. day. Yeah. Yeah. It's moderation. Does Michael cheap. Johnson use <laughs> yeah. regular barbecue sauce, or do you have your own go to that you make up yourself? Uh, it just depends, you know, on what I'm cooking. You know, if if it's pork, I usually put something sweet and spicy with this. If it's bourbon, or I'm sorry, if it's um, beef, I'll usually do like a bourbon black pepper glaze with it. Sometimes, if I have the energy, I'll start from scratch. And if we're in a crunch, well, I, I like to to take a uh, like a Casey masterpiece as a base and build from there and, and turn it into okay. something else. Um, right. I, I like being able to manipulate it myself, um, but sometimes we're just in a crunch, you know. And so I, I have a quality product that I like that I know doesn't have gluten in it, doesn't have you know, like I look for ingredients and, and, and nutritional stuff on the back of the, the label for me to start, and then I build from there. That's awesome. I, I can't thank you enough. You're a busy, busy guy. Look, I'll uh, I'll uh, drive my Jeep to the to-go window on Monday, and you just have a box ready for <laughs> me, and I'll just take that thing, and nobody will know the difference. How about that? Well, yes, sir. Well, <laughs> well we will be here. We, we, we're here all the time, and, and uh, Memorial Day, we'll celebrate it when we're when we're done cooking here. So, yeah. You're the best. You're the best. Um, continued success and keep learning and keep growing and uh, keep feeding them tigers, man, because uh, it's exciting times ahead, man. 
Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Likewise. Chef Appreciate Michael. You. Thanks. Take All care. right, Chef Michael Johnson with us. Um, man, he gets me hungry. Man, he's hungry. Uh, speaking of hungry, the Game Clubhouse is free to join. You won't be spammed. You'll get the opportunity to enter to win free stuff like a $25 gift certificate for Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou. You want some comfort food like some fried mozzarella sticks or a barbecue pork sandwich? Well, <laughs> sign up for the Game Clubhouse today so you can win that $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen and get all of that and much, much more. All right. We'll take a quick time out here. When we come back, let's see. We've covered LSU baseball, McNeese Southeastern baseball. We've covered the Saints. We've covered the Tigers and their eating habits. I guess we're going to talk NBA. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. Will uh, is Boston is uh, Golden State going to wrap things up against Dallas tonight? And will Boston close out the Heat? And will we have Boston versus Golden State East Coast West Coast for the NBA Finals? We'll talk to Ali. When we return after this timeout on the Jordy Helfert Show, we're on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. And we're brought to you on this Thursday by the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana, voted the best aesthetic medicine clinic in the entire United States of America. Yes, the number one. It's right there off of Ambassador Caffrey Parkway in Lafayette. It's off of Blue Bonnet Boulevard in Baton Rouge. They do a myriad of things to make you look better, feel better, feel younger, feel stronger. They're the best. The Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana. We'll be back. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 26, 2013. Tony Kanan becomes the fourth Brazilian to win the Indianapolis 500. It's the fastest Indy 500 win in history, with Kanan's average speed, 187.433 miles per hour. The record stands until 2021. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. It's time to shift our focus to the association. Last night, Boston was a winner in Miami, taking a uh, a lead in that best-of-seven series of three games to two with a 93-80 win. So they're one, way, one win away back at the TD Garden from closing out that series. And the Golden State Warriors are back in San Fran to try and close out the Dallas Mavericks. Steph Curry and company lead Luca's group uh, three games to one. Ali Cassell from At the Bird Rice. Let's talk a little hoops, buddy. How are you, man? Hey, Jordy. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Uh, I haven't been all that thrilled with these uh, <laughs> Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals. It's been kind of bizarre, to be honest with you. Yeah, it looks like we were spoiled by the first round and a few of the second round matchups, right? Because yeah, these conference yeah. finals. They've been either boring to watch or kind of one-sided. Uh, every single game seemingly has not been close. And that's not something you could say, like I said, with the earlier rounds. And now teams are facing the injury problems, and they can't throw it in the ocean half the time. So, yeah, it's made for kind of a very boring watch. You can't almost wait for, of course, the finals to happen, right? you got to think the Warriors and the Celtics are primed to move on, and you're hoping we get a good series, at least for that one. I think we will. Um, that's the that's the only team that Steve Kerr, as the head coach of Golden State, has a losing record against because uh, they don't play that often. 
um, and they've met in the playoffs maybe, I don't know when, how many times, if ever, but he's got a losing record against the Celtics, so, so we shall see. Um, any problem with the first team All-NBA, the Joker, uh, Giannis, Luka Doncic, uh, Jason Tatum, and Devin Booker, you in cahoots with that? How do you leave off Joel Embiid? <laughs> That's my biggest question. That's probably the biggest argument for why you want to maybe get rid of positions. Because if Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid were your top two guys running and uh, in, in the running for MVP, mm-hmm. how can one of those guys not get on the All First Team, right? So some some changes have to be made. And I know Joel Embiid, you could have, the voters could have written him in as a forward, but why didn't all of them do that then? So I, I'm mystified. Yeah, there's certainly some problems, and the the system needs to be tweaked. Don't you think? Yeah, um, I, and to and to what I'm not sure. Um, I used to be in favor of uh, the best position player. Um, you know, so one center, two forwards, two guards. But the game is so interchangeable now. How do you mm-hmm. determine all that? Right? You know. Exactly, and if it's leaving out, like I said, one of your top two candidates for MVP, then then you've got to you've got to you know change something. And look, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Out of all the names, I mean, Devin Booker, he had a good season and everything, and the Phoenix Suns had a great regular season. But you could argue maybe he doesn't belong there. I mean, there, there's several ways you can go about this. You know, it's never perfect though, so maybe no, we that, should leave it at that. It just tells me there's a lot of really, really, really good players uh, in this league, and the league is in is in really great shape from an entertainment standpoint. We're getting closer to the draft, my friend. Um, uh, any changes from what you've seen with the NBA Combine? What you what you're studying about players? Do you do you have a change in your thoughts as to what the Pels may do? Who may be available? I do. At first, oh. I was a lot more open and hoping to see maybe the Pelicans move up, grab Shade and uh, Sharp. But now I don't think he's going to become that superstar. The more I look at him, and the more you wonder why. He didn't take, you know, he didn't spend a single minute out there on the court for Kentucky. Then his pro day, it was very much geared towards just showing off what he's really good at, which was a bunch of step backs. So nobody saw him like pushing himself. Everybody's uh-huh. wondering about his first step. And then I, after reading about it, I went and looked at some footage, and I'll tell you what, I don't think he's going to be able to get past NBA defenders nearly as well as he was uh, in AAU ball. And I think that's hmm. a problem. So that's not going to, that doesn't lead to a superstar. It doesn't scream superstar to me. So, I'm fine with the Pelicans sitting back at eight, I guess is what I'm saying. If you have no chance of moving up to number one or two, whatever it takes to get Jabari Smith, then I'm more than perfectly content for the Pelicans to stay. And I'll tell you what, I've narrowed it down to three players I really like for them. Benedict Matherin, who I've always been high on, kid out of Arizona that can shoot lights out. As we all know, the Pelicans need help on that front. But I think he he brings more than just that. I think in time he can become a good defender, but he's also – a, a solid rebounder now. He can create for himself a little bit now. We saw him make a lot of progress between his freshman and sophomore seasons mm-hmm. toward this year. You know, he put himself, I think, in, in the talk of being at top 10 talent, and, and for good reason. Outside of him, I really have gotten on board with Dyson Daniels, who I'm afraid isn't going to be available. Right? He played in the G League, started off slowly with them, looked a little bit lost, a kid out of Australia. But over this past season with them, he grew about an inch and a half, added to his wingspan, and his three-point shot, well, he suddenly developed one. Over his last two months, he shot over 40% from three, and that was his biggest weakness. So suddenly this kid can guard one through four. That's his calling card, defense. 
and now he can shoot. He's a great passer. He, he's got that point guard mentality. I just feel like he'd be that perfect glue guy for this Pelicans roster that's full of right, great how, scores. So how I would tall love is to he? see them get him. How tall is he? He's up to 6'8", believe it or not. 6'7 wow. and 6'8". And for a guy that can okay. play your point guard position, think of how great that would look next to Jose Alvarado, C.J. McComb, guys like that where you need more size next to those type of smaller guards. Yeah. I like that. All right, who's the third? Who's your third choice? Third guy is a kid out of Baylor, Jeremy Sochan. Yeah. I, I know that he's still very raw, but look look at the way these playoffs have gone. Two things stand out. You need you can't have enough shooting, and you can't have enough defense. And I think the Pelicans made immense progress, right, through Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy showed flashes, and there was just that natural improvement, right, with some guys like B.I., but you need more. And I think when you have these legitimate scores, look what Boston's been able to do with just really Jason Tatum being on. Because uh, Jalen Brown's been up and down for me in this series. Same thing with Marcus Smart. But their defense has gotten them to where they are. It almost got Milwaukee right past Boston. Yeah. It took them seven games. Look how far Miami's gotten with their defense. And now we're seeing the Warriors, what they're able to do to the Mavericks. So while we like what the Pelicans did, like I said, why not add some more? And I think Jeremy Sochamp brings you that. He's versatile as all heck. He's six foot nine. To me, he's a lighter Brandon Clark out there. He's got a nonstop motor. But he's so much more fluid as an athlete, and he can handle the ball some, and he can shoot the three some. So at his age, there's, there's no reason not to believe that he's not going to develop further. And I think that would be just a perfect okay. guy, like I said, to fill in the holes of a team full of three great scores. Right? You've got your three stars. Add a guy like him, another Swiss Army knife that can do a lot of things well for you. The thing I've seen from these playoffs is um, all four teams that are out there, pretty darn good defensively. But mm-hmm. what separates the the Celtics and the Warriors from the others is, man, they've got multiple, multiple scorers. Um, Dallas relies too much on Luka, uh, and Miami relies too much on Jimmy Butler, and they don't have enough uh, other weapons, apparently. I mean, Tyler Hero being out certainly hurts them, but they don't have the weapons that Boston has, and um, do you ever foresee, can, with this roster as it is, and Herb Jones has certainly made an impact, can't this team, with their length, um, become a really fundamentally sound, really good defense? I mean, it just seems like a natural to me. It does. But here's my thing is you still have weaknesses out there, right? Yeah. CJ McCollum is never going to be an average defender in this league or above. He's a smart team defender. Same thing can be said of Jonas Valanciunas. Brandon showed improvement, but I don't think he's ever going to become more than average. And then Zion, he's been the biggest disappointment. Yeah. You know, I don't think David Griffin was off in saying that he could see an offensively-minded Draymond Green because Zion, what he did defensively at Duke, all the shot blocks, the steals, right? You saw how he could just stop anybody, whether it's a guard up to a center. We, didn't, we haven't seen that in the NBA, and it's time yeah. to start wondering, will we even see an average defender with him? So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence. You, you have okay. Herb Jones there. Yeah, you're going to be a pretty darn good defensive team when he's out there. But the rest of the guys, they don't scream Boston to me. Miami, right? These other no teams. Question. That's why I think no Falcons question. can do better by get, maybe you know addressing that need this uh, with the draft. Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. All right. So, um, Golden State, do they close it out tonight? Oh, you've got to think they will, right? I mean, yeah. poor Dallas. Reggie Bullock, I mean, yeah, they, they had a nice bounce-back game. They got that fourth game, uh, game 
but they, they've been really bad overall. And you mentioned it. it's just been Luca and really pretty much the rest of the guys. Dinwiddie's been okay for one game. Brunson's been another. But for the most part, it's been just all him, and that's not enough. I think they've run out of juice. They don't have enough talent. And the Warriors, they're going to want to end it and close this series, right? They, they had kind of a poor effort, I feel like, in game four. I mean, look. They got down by 29, and then it was the second unit that brought them back. So it says everything you need to know about how the starters were playing. So I think they're going to bounce back. They're going to go ahead and end it tonight, and they're going to be watching the rest of this Boston-Miami series. That series has gone one team wins, the next team wins, the other team wins the next game. Back and forth, back and forth. But now they got to go to Boston. Um, Do you give Miami a shot to to turn it into a Game 7? I will if Jimmy's knees let him – look like the Jimmy that we saw earlier, right, in these playoffs. Because yeah. they're going to need 30 points from Jimmy. He's going to have to get to the free throw line. Miami right. needs as a team to get, you know, at least 30 free throw attempts. And that's what we saw in the first two games of this series and in prior series. But since then, we haven't because Butler all of a sudden looks very, you know, he's hurting. He's just not himself. They're also going to need Kyle Lowry to step up. I mean, he's been as invisible as anybody. And I know he's hurting, too. Oh, Same thing with Tyler Hero. Awesome. So, if they can somehow magically get a lot healthier, then they have a chance. But if not, I think Boston is going to close it out. Um, NBA team shoots four, uh, seven of 45. They took 45 threes, did Miami, and made seven of them. 15%. My God, there's got to come a point in time, Ollie, where they go, you know, we're not doing very well here. we got to stop shooting these things. Well, that's the reason why they're doing it, though, because they're hurt. If Jimmy can't break down a defense and get to line or create for somebody else an easy shot, well, what else are they going to do? You know, yeah. Tyler didn't play. That's their second-best creator um, or getting a shot creator, and he didn't play. And then Kyle Lowry's just been, you know, a ghost, uh, a oh, shell of his yeah. former self. So suddenly yeah. you're relying on all, all the guys, the supporting cast, right, to carry you in points. Well, they can't do it, and usually they're shooting threes anyways, right? P.J. Tucker, Max Struess. Where they do best, they shoot three. So they tried to lean into what they could do best, I think, for that game. And, of course, they came up empty, big time. Yeah, Butler, Lowry, Strauss, uh, one for 17 from downtown. <laughs> one for 17. Oh, and PJ, it was a bad I mean, PJ, watch, wasn't yeah, it, Jordy? Just, oh, watching miss after miss. That made oh, such a God, boring awful. watch. Awful. Uh well, we'll see. Ali, you're the best. Um, I like your picks. I like your choices. Uh, the opportunity is there for the Pels to, to get a really good player uh, that's not going to be asked to do an awful lot early, mm-hmm. but uh, can contribute. And I'm counting on Trey Murphy to make a quantum leap for this club for next year. I really am. I'm with you. I think he will. You know, I think he's had the confidence and the ability, but it really, the confidence vanished in the middle of the year, and it, but it, he got it back, right? From March yeah. on, and I think he's going to carry that through the summer. He's going to be special next year. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. Hey, uh, happy Memorial Day weekend to you, buddy. Enjoy the city, enjoy the weather, and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. It's same to you. And boy, I'm enjoying the sunshine. Two days straight of rain, Finally. all that heavy stuff. Glad yeah. we've got some dry heat. It's, it's a I'm good change. You, so, yeah, it's going to be a uh, good weekend. I am with you. Thank you so much, Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. Um, uh, let's see. What can I tell you? I'm trying to. Okay. I think we did all that. All right. Let's take a time out here. Uh, when we come back as per the norm on a Thursday, it's time to talk to the Schwab, all things NFL, Frank Schwab, Yahoo sports here 
on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. You're simply the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. It's um, time to talk NFL football and other things with our good friend from Yahoo Sports. Uh, and it's been a while. Uh, Frank Schwab. Frank, um, how have you been, man? What's going on in your world? Doing well, doing well. Just, uh, you know, uh, getting through this NFL offseason, trying to trying to enjoy things before, before it all gets cranked up. So <laughs> it's uh, it's been good. I noticed where a judge has denied the NFL their motion to toss the John Gruden suit. Um, just one of the many things off the field that uh, catches our attention. It never ends, does it? And yeah, the uh, I'm sure positive that yeah, the NFL does not want to get into a court battle with discovery and let's dig up all the emails and and all that kind of stuff. So they're going to try to settle, and it just comes down to how much money does John Gruden need? Like, does he? If they come at him with a huge, huge check just to avoid all of this stuff coming out in public records on emails and stuff. The, the, does it matter to John Gruden, or does he just want to drag the NFL here? I mean, it's yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see what happens next, and it could be one of those cases that if it, if it does go to court, we, yeah, we could remember for a long, long time. What is it about the Raiders and the NFL? I mean, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like lawsuit after lawsuit um, all throughout the course of time. It really has been, yeah. This is, it's it's almost part of that Raiders persona now, even though the Raiders obviously backed away from Gruden. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's one of those things. Al Davis might be proud here. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. Speaking of the Raiders, apparently Colin Kaepernick has worked out for them. I mean, is, is, is he really going to have a chance to play in this league again? I don't know. I, I, I think that this could be multifaceted. I, I think you can believe, as I do, that Colin Kaepernick got a really raw deal. He didn't deserve to be exiled from the NFL. That was just—it was pretty much a ridiculous overreaction by the NFL. It was illegal in many ways to collude against him. But we also have to talk about a quarterback who has not taken a snap since 2016 in the NFL. And that 2016 season, he wasn't great. He was up and down. He had his moments where he looked really good. I remember a game against the Dolphins that year where it was clear, like, wow, okay, he's still got a lot of that old juice he had. But you're so far removed from it that I just don't know that he has it anymore. Maybe, and it would be a cool story and fun and, and interesting to follow and all that. But I think you can believe that. He really got a raw deal here by the NFL, and he's also probably not 
to the point where he can come back and, and make a real impact on an NFL team. I think these two things can be true. I don't think you necessarily have to believe that Colin Kaepernick is going to come back to the NFL and win multiple MVP awards to sympathize with his case, but it's just it, it would be practically unprecedented for Colin Kaepernick to take that much time off, come back at his age, and have an impact on, uh, as an NFL quarterback. I, I'm sure it's probably happened to somebody before, but I can't think of any examples quite like it. Yeah, I'm just kind of tired of hearing about it. You know, I just, I really yeah. am. I'm, I, anyway, that's just me. Um, uh, Murray, Kyler Murray, uh, he wants he wants the moon and then some. Is he worth it? I don't know. I think he's. I, I do. He probably. I mean, in the the modern current landscape of NFL quarterbacks and what they make, he probably is. I mean, he's a very very talented guy. And I think he's probably a top 12-ish quarterback. Uh, that that commands a lot of money. And if if Arizona doesn't pay him, somebody else will. So I don't know. It's one of those things where if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you kind of get stuck in this spot where you yeah. probably know you're overpaying your quarterback. You probably know that by paying your quarterback, if if you do what he wants, that you're probably not going to be able to build a championship roster around him. But what do you do? Do you really let him go? Like, do you really say, you know, we're going to just start over a quarterback and see what's next? I mean, it's, again, as you know, I'm based in Denver. It's going to be a long road to finding a quarterback. It can take you years and years and years. And GMs and coaches don't survive that usually. So it's tough. It's just a tough spot to be in. The the worst spot to be in in the NFL is middle of the road at quarterback. If you have a great quarterback, if you have Mahomes or Herbert or Russell Wilson or whoever, you pay the guy because he's what do you? There's no question about it. If you're bad at quarterback, you just move on. Like you're not going to keep on your head against the wall. If you're in that middle ground where where you kind of just don't know, you, you just end up overpaying a guy because you're worried about the alternates. So, I don't know. I like Kyler Murray. I think he's very good. I think he's probably going to be paid more than he's worth, and I doubt that that team can ever put a championship roster around him. That's like a Kirk Cousin, you know, kind of in the middle? Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, Kirk Cousins is going to be the example probably forever of a guy who – it's good. Like Kirk Cousins is a good NFL quarterback, and I know people will push back on that, but he is. He Kirk Cousins is good, but he's not great. He's not even in that very good, like almost great tier of you know Matthew Stafford comes to mind of a very good quarterback. I, I think, but he's not great. He's not carrying your franchise by any means. He needs a good team around him. And you know, I mean, if you got a guy like that, what do you do with Kirk Cousins? Because yeah. you know that your next quarterback's probably not going to be as good, or it's going to take you a long time to find a quarterback that good. So, again, these are real humans, real jobs, and general managers and coaches are like, what do we do? Do we really, are we really just going to move on from Kirk Cousins? And yeah. you know, three years down the road, when we've lost and we haven't made the playoffs, we're going to get fired. What are we going to do? So it's it's a really really tough spot to be in. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Uh, the quarterback gets so much of the attention, and rightly so. I mean, the running back position has taken such a such a secondary role in in modern NFL football. And you have some talented guys: Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb. Uh, Austin Eckler was good. Jonathan Taylor may may be the bet league's best young back. But I'm curious with um, some of the big names. Christian McCaffrey can never stay healthy. Derrick Henry's been hurt. 
Alvin Kamara, great player, but he's got some off-the-field issues. Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, of those four, do you see any one of them coming back and becoming a, a, a focal point and a very valuable member of their team? I mean, probably not. Uh, it's once it, as my colleague Scott Pianowski likes to say, once once the cheese goes bad at running back, it usually doesn't get better. It doesn't come back. Like it doesn't. If you've hit a wall at running back, usually that's it, I, I, and it stinks. I, I, it stinks for these guys who have been undervalued now because they just are looked at as replacement level players. And you look, and I mean, a guy like Christian McCaffrey. The Carolina Panthers pretty much had to pay him because he's such a dynamic player, so great. Yeah. But yeah. the bust rate for second contracts for running backs is off the charts. I I did a story on it a couple of years ago where it's like somewhere in the realm of 14 of the last 16 running backs who have gotten pretty good long-term deals were absolutely just not worth it. And the, the other two were just kind of worth it. It's 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 just one of those positions where it just doesn't age well. And if you have an Alvin Kamara, you, you just get every bit out of him you can because you know it's not going to last forever. And, you know, he's obviously complicated that with his off-field stuff. So I think of those guys, Kamara's probably the best one as far as just what he has left on the field as far as making a big impact this year. But now we don't even know if he's going to be on the field or how many games he will or whatever. So uh, it's... It's a tough position. It's tough to be a, an elite running back in today's game because, man, it it, it goes quick, and you're probably not going to get paid what you you're deserved or owed. But that's just kind of the way the position's going. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Man, if I'm uh, if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm looking at how far I have to travel this year, and then I'm looking at Pittsburgh, and I'm going, well, this isn't fair. I got to travel like twenty six thousand miles. And Pittsburgh only has to travel six thousand miles. That's that just doesn't seem right. It's tough. I, I heard, and I don't know. I haven't. I still have not looked this up, but I mean to. That Pittsburgh does not have to leave the Eastern time zone the entire year. That just blows wow. my mind how that could even be wow. possible. But I, yeah, I mean scheduling, you know, differences like that or rest. I mean, when we're talking about, you know, this team has so many times where they play a Monday night and then play a rested team on a Sunday or something like that. Uh, these scheduling disparities, that's the one thing I look at I, I, before between the schedule release and the season. Usually I don't take too much into it because where the games fall doesn't matter to me all that much. It, it, okay. it does, but it's tough to quantify. I, I always kind of go under the when teams complain about three-game you know, road trips or whatever. Well, you're still going to end up getting eight or nine home games. You're still going to end up getting eight or nine road right. games, and it's going to balance out. But with stuff like you know, yeah, like Tampa Bay has all that travel, and Pittsburgh has none. That's a big, big difference that we we have to deal. account for, and and the rest disparity is something else you have to account for. So, yeah, sometime between now and the the start of the season, <laughs> I got to go through all that stuff and say which of these teams are really up against it with the way they got scheduled like that, and uh, travel definitely is one of those. Yeah, the Saints have to go to Pittsburgh November the thirteenth. I, I look at the Saints schedule and I go, God, Christmas Eve they're in Cleveland. New Year's Day, they're in Philly. Cold, nasty fans. I mean, come on. That's crazy. 
Yeah, and yeah, when you look at at some of these teams, where it does, that's another thing that does matter is you you look at potential weather issues, and it's like I'd much rather get that Green Bay game in September than than December, the first week of January. So stuff like that does matter, and you just hope your team uh, catches some breaks that way. Take me to Arizona, L.A., Miami in the. Late November, December, January, but man, a lot. Not to those East Coast teams. That's that's crazy. Um, uh, anything else of significance that has caught your eye in the league at this point in time? I mean, it's it's been very quiet, right? Like, I mean, we have been you know, for a few weeks here. Yeah, there's things that pop up. I, I mean, there always are, but not any big things. And one thing that has I have noticed is there are a lot of really good players still unsigned. I mean, I'm just yes. writing the, the, you know, I'm doing my team-by-team previews that are going to start June 20th, and I, I was just writing the Seahawks before I jumped on with you. And you realize, like, Carlos Dunlap and Dwayne Brown, who were good players last year, unsigned. And I think we're going – I don't remember anyway being this deep in the offseason and having so many quality veterans still out there. And some of these guys are just going to kind of fade away because they've hit that age where you just – you don't want to overpay and, and, you know, there's just no fit for them anymore. But there's some of these guys who are going to sign in these last couple of months before training camp starts who are really going to have an impact on their teams. And, you know, you look at a team like, the, for example, the Chicago Bears, who really, really could use some offensive line help. And, you know, Jason Peters is out there, and he had a good year for them last year. Well, are they going to be able to re-sign that guy if he wants to keep playing, or are they going to go sign a, a Dwayne Brown to play tackle for them? So there's still a lot more moves to be made than I'm used to at this point in the offseason. Usually by now we're set. Like, uh, there might be a signing here or there. That, okay, that's fine. But the, there's some really, I don't want to say big impact moves, because there's a reason these guys are still out there, but there's still a couple moves to be made of, from teams that, uh, that are going to be headlines and going to have a significant impact on this season. I'm with you, and I know the answer, but i got to get it off my chest anyway. Everybody always says, man, the Saints, they're losing Sean Payton and you know Dennis Allen, huge shoes to fill. Nobody ever talks about uh, Bruce Arians leaving and Todd Bowles stepping into yeah. that role. I know they got Bella. I know they got Brady. I understand the difference between Brady and Jameis Winston, but uh, nobody seems to to think that Todd Bowles might uh, might struggle a little bit. It's possible. It, it definitely. You don't know. I and I like Todd Bowles. I think he was just dealt a horrible hand having to coach the Jets. I mean, the Jets are just a disaster. I mean, in, in pretty much every way an organization can be. So it's it's tough for me to get on Todd Bowles too much for not succeeding there. And I think he's ready. I think he's ready for this. And Bruce Arians' last couple of years with the Buccaneers is basically delegating everything. He was there. He was kind of the CEO, but he wasn't hands-on with game plans as such as far as any, everything he has said in his assistants have said since then. So maybe that transition is a little bit uh, less rocky than, you know, a Saints where you're losing a Hall of Fame coach. But you're right. Like, I, you don't know. You don't know. I mean, when you move up a seat, it, it changes your entire world as an NFL coach. And you're not just concentrating on the defense. You're, you're, you are concentrating on – Every single thing that comes along with being a head coach in the NFL. And 
I think Bowles is ready. I think he's going to be good. But you bring up a good point of we just don't know. We don't. We we can't sit here and be positive that this isn't going to be a, a bit of a transition period for the Buccaneers. And you know, there's a lot going on with. I, we don't know if Gronk's going to be back. We don't. Right. We don't. At some point, Brady's going to slow down. I mean, Godwin's coming back from ACL. There are a lot of questions with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like that team. I think they're good, but a lot more questions than you really want at this point in the year. I don't know who was worse, the Jets under Bowles or the Raiders with Allen. They both stunk, and so you yeah. can't fault either one of those coaches. For, for the, nobody could win. Belichick couldn't win there. There's no way. Anyway, yeah, uh, Frank, thank situations. you. Get back to your stories and uh, with the Seahawks and um, show some love. The Saints are going to be better than people think. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, Frank. Trust me on this. But have yeah, a great I, Memorial holiday, man. I, and I think you might be right about the Saints. They, they've had a better offseason than I expected. I'm telling you. Look out. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate it. All right, you take care. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. 51 minutes after the hour, we've got LSU's first four football games. We know what time they're going to be played, what network they're going to be on. I'll tell you that. And I'll update you on the SEC baseball tournament after this final timeout. The Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, let's do a little uh, finishing touches here. In the SEC baseball tournament, Texas A&M leads Florida 2-zip. The Aggies are batting in the bottom of the fourth. After that game, it'll be Vanderbilt versus Tennessee, and then LSU versus Kentucky sometime way, way late tonight. The SEC announced their um, some more games and times. LSU's historic home opener against Southern, the first time, uh, these two schools that are separated by about three miles, four miles, five miles, first time they'll ever play, and it'll be Brian Kelly's home opener. Uh, it will be Saturday, September the 10th. It'll be a 6.30 kickoff. It'll be on the SEC Network. So you got Florida State in Caesars Superdome, September 4th, 6.30 uh, on ABC, Southern on the 10th, 6.30 SEC Network. September 17th, Mississippi State at home, 5 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. And then September 24th, New Mexico, that's a 6.30 kickoff in Tiger Stadium on ESPN Plus and the SEC Network Plus. So four games, uh, you know who, where, when, and how to watch. And you can always listen to them right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. James, thank you so much. Thanks to Chesa Boucher, Jim Gazzolo. Uh, Chris Rose for glue, Michael Johnson, Ali Cassell, Frank Schwab. Um, and thanks to you for listening. Thanks to our partners that make it possible. We'll be back tomorrow. I think we shall see, but until then I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty. My friends do everything you can to stay healthy. My friends be kind to one another and let's all be happy. Have a great rest of your Thursday. So long everybody. <laughs>